Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Warning, the following program is the officially sanctioned podcast where three friends talk about the show about four friends who compete to embarrass each other. Who compete to embarrass each other. Who compete to embarrass each other. All right, all right, okay, calm down, relax, it's us again. It's party time. We're back, it is party time, you're right. Mm. Are you partying, Shay? I'm partying. Yeah, Shay is moving like the wacky inflatable tube man you'll see outside a car dealership right now. (laughs) Both arms up, just kind of waving back and forth while she's in her apartment on Zoom, uh, like we all are while we do this. Shay, describe like an Impractical Joker rap party. Oh my gosh. If we finish the season, we have a rap party. We try to switch it up. Once we had, it was like a um, karaoke mm-hmm. rap party, which was that's right. But a rap party, what happens at the rap party kind of stays at the rap party. It's like very Vegas. good point. That was a test. No, okay. <laughs> it's like Vegas. Yeah. Do you remember the one after we filmed Murs, uh, the Australian, like whatever, the Thunder Down Under? Yes. Yes. Did, is that, did, did we come back there for the rap party? Or we because we ever had the rap. It was a Christmas party in the it basement. It was a Christmas party. We had the Christmas party in the basement. Right yeah. after that. So Murs right was after. like. <laughs> was still probably like had all those histamines in him. That's why you see Joe and Bergio. Joe and Bergio is sitting watching the punishment because he got there early to go to the Christmas party. <laughs> if you watch that punishment, you see Joe Bergio, comedy producer, uh, famous white eyebrow. Uh, if you're, if you're trying to spot him, that'll come up soon in the show. Yeah. It does, yeah, it does come up later this season. But yeah, that that was a really fun rap party or a Christmas party, rather. Yeah, we like to party. We like to party a lot because the guys, the guys like like to go all out. They like to like get a DJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that's the thing that they always try to do. Like get like I think Sife, Sife of Sounds. Yeah, Sife came in and DJ. He sure did. Yeah, we, actually, we had two DJs. <laughs> oh, did we have Jerase too? Yep, we have. Yep. Oh wow. We kind of they went back and forth. It was like a little Joker's cruise in the mm-hmm. basement of uh, what, what was that venue? It was in the city. I know 14th Street. I don't remember the name. Irving Plaza? Yes. Yes. Irving Pla- no, yes. not Irving Plaza. Gramercy. Gramercy, it was the Gramercy. Gramercy, Gramercy Plaza. Yes. The Gramercy. Oh, what a Gramercy Theater, Gramercy Plaza. Mm. Anyway. That was a real humble brag, just like whole lines. Like, yeah, there was a DJ. I think it was uh, Cypher Sound. Yeah. <laughs> DJs in the country. Like, where was that party? It was like, oh, yeah, it was at a, a very impressive theater in New York City. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was like, that was awesome that that all worked out for us. I think we did like a Yankee swap too, which is like when you, you know, or what was it called? The Elephant or something where you, Everyone puts gifts in. You get a gift. You don't know who it's for and you put it in and you pull one out. Yes. My gift was amazing. Yeah, we have fun. Okay. We have fun, everybody. I know you're jealous and I'm sorry. Yeah. If you're curious, yeah, it is. It is a good job. It's a fun place to work. Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. It's an enjoyable, enjoyable place. And the best part is every day we watch our bosses make idiots of themselves. Like, how, <laughs> what other job do you have where that's like the base reality? Everyone is showing up to work to watch their bosses basically just embarrass themselves, get into hot water day after day. Sometimes I enjoy it. And sometimes, you know, they actually, you know what? These guys are our real life references. Mm -hmm. When we go for other jobs, the Jokers are our references, just like they are in this bit, this first bit that we had. That's right. We called it OK Zoomer 
in the room, but I think it was called Refer Madness. Refer. A little pun off Refer oh, yeah. Madness oh, yeah. in the challenge last night where the guys played references for fake people uh, over Zoom dealing with... Them. What do you think the response is going to be to this? Because this is clearly like a like a kind of a, it's a COVID challenge because it was born out of the fact that everyone's on it. So it's relatable. But do we think that people are going to be like, you know, question the, you know, because it's there's no real... The mark is through digital. Right, but I, right. I feel that it's just as embarrassing and it's like an important like little moment, you know? I agree with you, Case. It's a good question because the guys at first, like, you know, when we're trying to figure out bits to do that were, you know, safe and like during like the pandemic and everything, they really didn't want to do a lot of things where the marks were just on Zoom. Right. Or just, you know, virtual. And I get that. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. But they're like, also like, we at least have to do one to kind of, it's so relatable. Everyone's dealing with it right now. It's totally ripe. And I think like, I laughed so much at this challenge. Great. I was dying, dying laughing instantly. And so like, for me, I'm like, and I remember when we were talking about the idea, Mm -hmm. I think Sal was very specific. He was like, we have to be right across from him at the table. And I remember actually some of the crew, like not understanding it like right away, which I, which I completely get because it's like, well, there's no, so that you're just on zoom. Like how do you're just across? What if they hear you? And we just ironed out all those issues and it's great to see, like it just unfold. And it was so funny. You're right. And it's, you know, case you're right. It's always dangerous for us when we pitch bits where the guys aren't in BTS, right? Because they're our laugh track for the most part. Right. Like they're always laughing at whatever the guy on the floor is doing. So whenever we pitch bits like that, you know, us and the guys, like the network might be like, oh, well, where's like the BTS banter and stuff. So it's always like questionable, I guess, like, can this bit work? And I think it, it really does. Like it happens. It's a little bit different than like a bit like um, Laugh Man Standing where all the guys are on the floor actively competing but it's similar in the sense that they're all there in the room together and they're really trying not to laugh while the other guy is out there right like you know 10 feet away from them on the screen not even and i think it's just as hard to say things like is she single are you single like those oh, yeah. those are like it's really especially cuz the context is like you're vouching for a person that they're you know that they're like that they're going to interview or like that somebody's up for a job so like the stakes are there especially for them and for and for what your role is supposed to be oh 100% percent it was so awkward to have joe's turn the way that starts out those questions are so hard yeah is your mom single are you single and he played it the way joe plays it is i think really well where he makes it not creepy he just asks that kind of matter of fact he's like yeah or like it's about technology it's almost like like are you single like is dating hard in this new world you know yeah the way he says it is almost like it's going to lead to another question like mm-hmm. oh is your mom single oh great because then she could use this like he i don't know a really masterful performance there but her reaction uh, by, by the veteran joe gatto here in season nine shay was it did it feel different on set it felt different but it was cool because it was no bts so for us you know we use have to build BTS and build the plane, mm. what we call the playing field. Right. So with this one, we had more hands to just worry about the playing field. Mm. And the fact that they were next to each other and couldn't laugh or couldn't talk or couldn't really make sounds was the hardest part and the funniest of all. Mm. Yeah. It was cool though. It was different. Very, very different. Because we usually in two separate rooms. Right. Yeah. yeah. Being in the same room with the camera, like literally our um control room, every everything where right there yeah that is different and also uh i guess i call it an easter egg maybe this is actually in prop and spoon right yes so this yes. is the same place same where location. murray's uh nasa punishment was from last week same, same location wow. same room yeah they just changed it changed it up but different day as well different, different day. day yep for sure but what's interesting is this was filmed first yes 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like this was actually like, you know, before it. So that's, it's just a little interesting for your mind, how we have to sometimes move certain days around for punishments and stuff. Yeah. And like, again, to call back to like last week, we, we almost worked with a real astronaut. So at first we had yeah. the space and we we're like holding to see if we could get the schedules to match up. They never did. So we eventually came back later and did the, uh, the NASA pun. Right. I did the prelim, which is like the schedule for, for the, this actual pun in the beginning in September yeah. in like September, August. Yeah, September yeah. 2020. For the astronaut one? Yeah. Oh, wow. So many funny things in this, like off the bat, like uh, the bat, like there's a bat flying <laughs> around. I didn't even, I walked, I, I didn't even mean to, I flew right into that. You did. Pun's always intended. <laughs> that was so funny. And then also like kept Frank away from Roger on Helen's day off. Yeah. Like it's so complicated and, but it feels somewhat real. We all know Frank and Roger. Yeah. It, there's so many good things in here, but yeah, even in case, like you said, to talk about the bat prop for a second, do you remember, like you just got a text uh, when we were working one day, you got a text from Sal that was just like water gun, spray bottle, two yeah. symbols, whoopee cushion, long fork with food, like, <laughs> like the gag extender fork they sell bag of feathers, a trombone. Like that's just yeah. a text you can get working one day where it's like, and he goes, don't show the other guys. Yeah, exactly. So Sal was definitely on it and made sure to use a lot of those props right off the bat. Boom. And then the next one, we have the prop of a bucket where you're like, where is this going? I've never seen Sal so thrown off. Sal thinks he's going to get hit with water. Joe's going to poop in a bucket. It's just like the whole, like, I've never seen, I've really never seen Sal, like, you know, cause usually if Sal's like laughing, he might be off his game, but this yeah. was just him like so startled. He couldn't even get the conversation. He said the guy's name like three times. Oh yeah. He was, he was thrown off. I was thrown off. I was like, did he take a dookie in the bucket? And I forgot about it. Like what happened with that bucket? When you see him pulling his pants down and he's getting up over there. Yeah. But yeah, Sal's definitely, definitely thrown in this one. Yeah. That's, that's really fun. But the, the two, also the, the two days lunch was a great, <laughs> great line. Yeah. So many good specifics in there. I like the immediacy up to like, they could just write a text. Like, so if someone says something, you immediately send that text and they have to read it. I mean, I guess it's always kind of like that, but there's something different. There's something like silent. It feels like you're in school. It's like a church laugh or something and you send a text and they have to read it. Yeah, definitely. Just a, def- a different delivery device. And it, I don't know, it, it feels fresh. And also like, these are things that happen to you right now. Everyone listening, this happens to you when you're in zoom meetings and stuff, you'll be in a, in a meeting and your friend will be, your, you know, your coworker friend will be texting you like during it. Can you believe what's going on? All this other nonsense. Um, I mean, to be honest, Case, I think we need to kind of talk about what happened when the comedy producers had to get on with the IT department at work. Oh, right. This was okay. So we had some kind of, as we're, you know, go, everyone's going digital this year. And we were having some IT issues just finding stuff for like all these other folders that we had to put online. And so the comedy producers had to have a meeting with the IT department at North South. Mm -hmm. And during that meeting, it turned into all of the comedy producers trying to see if they could make each other laugh on the Zoom call. Oh, it was so funny. It was a nightmare. Casey kept going. "Uh, So when when James gets fired, how do I find all the bits? (laughs) Like All the notes that he wrote. So when James, I kept being like, well, like referring, like, so when James gets fired and they just yeah. answered matter of fact every time They're like oh okay well when that happens and like they didn't even get it and kept bringing it up my favorite was at one point the it person was sharing their screen yeah and their computer said <laughs> you're running low on pat like on like you should plug in you're running low on battery yeah. and zaluga goes oh guys i think my my computer's running low on battery i might lose you like as if it's his <laughs> computer because they're sharing screen like we all played it up like we were so inept at computers <laughs> it was great and then everyone's trying not to laugh and I had 
I, I think I turned my video off at one point because I, I I lost basically if this was a challenge because Casey was killing me. And then when John did that, I lost it. But then Ambergio was trying to get off camera, but he couldn't do it. So he was moving his head like to be past his laptop. But it was just like, it was basically just his nose down was on camera. You, it looks like he's laughing right into the camera, basically. Yeah. He was doing the worst job. It wasn't even intentional. I was dying. So again, I feel like this bit's very relatable to everybody because uh, we're all Zooming. Everyone's getting a little Zoomed out. Uh, and then you're just making side jokes to your buddies mm -hmm. over text and stuff, you know, while meetings are going on. Speaking of real life, yes. Shay, have you ever seen Murr take his shoes off and put his feet up on the desk? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so life, uh, what is is it life is art? Life <laughs> imitates art, imitates life. But yeah, Murr imitates the guys make Murr imitate himself because that's what he does. He in the office, like when we're pitching ideas or just talking, he'll just like put his feet on a table. Sometimes Sal's like finishing a sandwich and he's like shoots him a death stare. <laughs> Why does he yeah. do it, Shay? I think he likes his toes. He likes to pick his toes and stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that that just made it worse, Shay. Like, <laughs> I thought you were gonna defend him. No, me defend Mur. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's just honesty is the best policy. That's what he does. Yeah, he does take them off, and it is a weird thing to do in an office. I love that the guys make him do it in his uh, little virtual office here. I've never seen him break down the way he did in this challenge. No, it was great. He couldn't stop laughing. And he couldn't, you know, that's the other thing about this is like, okay, so like in the real world, you might be able to like walk away or turn around or hide your laugh. Yeah. You're not, you're expected to have your face in front of a camera the entire time and not to look away. And so that's what he had to do. And so he really like lost his shit. He breaks down the, the mustache line, like that whole thing. It's just, I've never seen him like just lose his faculties. It was great. You see him just try to dive off camera to get off the scene. And then Q just comes in, basically forcing <laughs> him back into the scene. Asks if he can, like, hey, dad, can I borrow the car? Gives him a little kiss. Another good mark. The mark was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, she was great. Yeah. I mean, the marks in here were fantastic. The first one was my favorite, though. The woman with Joe yes. during Joe's turn. Yeah. She just gave you exactly what you wanted. Like, she was just like, uh, I got to go. She And she did have to go. Like, again, uh, this all gets edited down for TV. Joe did have the shortest turn because she she called it. She was like, yeah, we're done here. There were so <laughs> many funny things. I mean, what else are you going to do? It was like half the time of the rest of the guys turns because she was like, nah, we're good. But yeah, it was great. And then I love Q. Q does a thing here that made me laugh so much of like when Sal bangs the symbols, he really reacts it to it in like a cartoony kind of like yeah. reaction way. But I, I don't know. It's an improv. You call that like a yes to hand yeah. uh, right there. He, he just like, he gives a reaction that Sal's looking for. It's fun. His whole bit was like cartoony, like in a good way. Like he just delivered everything. He was like, there's no way I'm at, I'm getting out of this. Yeah. And so he said everything, Bastille Day party. Uh, I, I need a gong. Yep. And then that final line wasn't even, I don't even think it was even fed. It was Q being Q. Oh, yeah. Keep your crank up. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> and he rolls out. Keep your crank up. I'm out. That was so, that's like, a, like, I feel like Tony Gunk did that turn. <laughs> oh yes. TG. Yeah. Incredible, man. Like I, I'm happy the guys did it. Cause I know they were resistant at first to doing a lot of zoom bits, but then they were like, you know, we got to do one. We got to do one. So I'm happy we did this one. Maybe we'll do it in the back half. I think Sal the, or like in general, the thing that was inspired by it was like, and this was even before COVID. Remember when that guy was on like a, a news 
broadcast and his kids coming to the, to oh, yeah. the thing and his wife has to like hide and try to get it, but it's all on camera. Yeah. And he's just trying to continue with like his report and the kids are just like being monsters. Yeah. That to me is like what he imagined it should be like. And I think like yeah. the bats and stuff, that's where Sal got that idea. You're right. I mean, we actually wanted to have kids like on set for this and we couldn't do it. Oh yeah. Again, we are filming this September of 2020. So it was like, we didn't want to have any kids on set. We didn't want to like open ourselves up to that risk of anyone. Like we don't want anyone to get sick, obviously of course, like when we're filming, but like, we really didn't want to have any kids on set and get sick. So we didn't have any of them. I think that's also why Q goes in as the kid being like, but it's a funnier joke in that way of like, he's called Murray's like dad or stepdad or whatever in that bit uh, when he goes to go bar the car. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, that that's a fun, I guess, like viral video or like, work fail zoom fail for that guy <laughs> mm-hmm. when his family comes running in um yeah so fun i'm glad that we did that i don't know if we'll do it again but we did it and that's fun definitely hope we don't have to do it again <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but uh but yeah love that bit that's true that's a good point so moving on this next one i it, it, we actually did it like a long time ago sort of it was a life story we called yeah. it and it was like it was one we did in like season two or so. Yeah. And it's, this is a fun one. It's yeah. Life story. It's a, we were calling it memoir in the room. And yeah. this is one where like, okay, so it's a JVJ, right? Mm-hmm. First off, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. You can't expect to see the other half of this later on in the year. Expect to see a little uh, Murr versus Q because this was a bit when we filmed it. Can can we say it was too funny? There was too much there. <laughs> there was just like, there was a lot. Like the every like slideshow, I think had like 18, 20 slides in it. And the guys loved it. They were just like, everything is like hitting, uh, you know, not to get high on our own supply over here, <laughs> but they were just like, I don't know how we cut this down. It, like if we have to cut it down to fit all four turns, we're doing ourselves a disservice here. Let's make sure that we get all of the jokes from this bit and spread it out over the course of two JVJs. And so that's kind of what happened here. And that's why you get this, uh, like, we, you know, we're going to every season knowing we're going to film some JVJs. Sometimes we do it intentionally. Sometimes it happens like this. Uh, and so that's why you get the Joe versus Sal in this, uh, in this bit. Yeah, this is, it's, and they're both really fun stories. You got Sperm God up against the Wit Pro. And it's <laughs> like, they're both so insane. It's a really fun device to like, force an entire story that you have to justify. Yeah. It's really fun. It's so much fun. And then, you know, the crazy thing about the sperm God one was a documentary came out after we filmed this bit. I mean, obviously it was in the works. We just didn't know about it, but about some doctor that was working at at one of these uh, clinics and instead of injecting, or I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm getting all sorts of science wrong here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But instead of, uh, you know, doing the IVF with like the donor sperm, he was using his own. And so it was like, yeah, this guy would kind of went rogue and like was this, uh, people were not happy. I, I didn't watch the doc, but he got sued. But once we we filmed the sperm guy bit, you know, the guy saw him like, oh man, like we just did this last week. Was it called Sperm Dad or something? Because that was another one we wanted to call it. What's it called? Oh, the documentary? Yeah. I'll, I'll pull it up. It was on Netflix, right? Yeah, it is. Or yeah, was it I on HBO? Saw, was Netflix. it Baby God? I think I saw some of it. But anyway, it, it, it was one that we were like, I don't know. I guess this is another one where art imitates life. Life imitates art. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's called Baby God. Baby God. Yep. So we did Sperm God. Which is insane. Yeah. The titles were very close to each other. It's crazy. We didn't know that. So people, they might come after us. Yeah. They... Just, it's a parody. It's, we got parody law. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, we do. Barely. That, that whole story is really fun. And I think we even had to cut slides down because we put on a lot of other weird ones in, right? Yeah. It's called Baby God. It's on HBO. Check it out. It's a terrible story about an evil person. Uh, not like at all like the one that the guys made up for Joe, which is a innocent story 
that they made up to make him look terrible. So I guess, you know, that works out, but yeah, the hyperzerbidome, yep. uh, fake drug completely made up by the other guys, uh, went through many clinical trials. I love that. I love that. It became his demise at the end. I also love that. Like he, he finds that daughter that like, he's like, like he is like attractive. <laughs> so that's why he's like, that whole section is really weird. Yeah. I make the cut. I'm actually blanking right now. The daughter did make the cut. You know, there's two funny legal things that we got into Speaking, so yeah, you're talking about like parody law and all that going into it. We actually used a different picture in real life than we do that airs on TV for his oh, daughter, Bianca. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when we were filming uh, or we made the presentation with the guys, they were like, all right, go like find like, let's like find a photo. We found a photo of someone for Bianca and it turns out the Bianca, we, we found on like Wikipedia comments. Like, you know, again, like, you know, this is uh, who comedy producers are. They're the people that try to find shortcuts uh, when they were doing school projects and stuff like that. So they're still using Wikipedia. And we found one um, of a Brazilian pop star, but we didn't know it was a Brazilian pop star. We just found it. It said it was like a free, like copyright free uh, photo. We used it, threw it in the PowerPoint and it was going through chain of command. When it got to legal, they're like, this is a Brazilian pop star. You need to change. How'd they know that? That's amazing. I have no idea. Well, we have to send them the source of everything and then they do a deep dive onto it. So it doesn't really change the joke at all. It was just a different picture of a person. That's. I wonder how often that happens because that's. I wonder how often a Brazilian pop star is, <laughs> is is flagged because we used a photo. I know. <laughs> oh, let's go into Leone crime family because that was exciting. I actually think that's a great story. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, this should be a movie. I would watch it. Mob movies always sell. I think we should do it. The fact that he keeps going and like I love that run that he does of like all those different times, like where he's been on TV, on TV again. He's in a bad relationship. The feds actually helped me out. And then the yep. BMX viral fail where he crushed nuts. Oh, I love it. It's such a good PowerPoint. There's so many slides that didn't even make it into this one. But yeah, I loved all of them. There's so many subtle jokes in here too, with uh, Sal saying he ballooned up to 190. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah. what does he call that? He just goes right past it. That's right. That's really funny. We had a slide that got cut, remember, was like how his family didn't want to wit pro with him anymore because he kept <laughs> blowing their wit pro. Yep. So he had to wit pro by himself. We like had all this stuff, like a whole thing like a family saga, like his own family didn't want to be with him. Right. I also like the first time he's like, he brags at a party about it and then he has to go into a new witness, re-wit re pro. I love it. Like all 18 year old boys, I idolize my store manager. It's like really dumb things like that. But yeah, Wipro definitely wins the day for me in terms of just like ridiculous terms. Not a real phrase, completely made up by the guys. And I, I just love like, yeah, the feds did him a favor on that one. The feds are lifting me out of there when he's in the bad relationship. So they, that was just like a, a nice Wipro that they did for him. Beautiful. It was great. Did you have a mark of, of the, the episode? episode? Hmm. Mm. The, the the mark in this one and also in Sperm God, because in Sperm God, she just had like a, her jaw was dropped the entire time. Right. During, during Joe's turn. I don't, I, I'm going to go with the very first woman in Joe's Zoom. I agree. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I like the people in the life story one too, but there's something that it like, she was the perfect fodder like for him to be like so goofy because she was like kind of like very perfectly like confused right and like slightly irritated but not like angry yeah they were all very interested in the stories that's the other thing like we're like oh maybe these are too interesting like it was like yeah. what, an eight and a ten basically it's funny like you try to throw them under the bus with those stories but they were very interesting stories i know it's sort of that you're reading it and you all know what's coming next and you're making them laugh like even when joe has to be like uh her mom was busted oh <laughs> great yeah that's what ended it she 
was good. Yeah, so much fun. I think she had the best reactions out of everybody. The other two were just like, all right. Yeah. Like she actually reacted to everything that was going on. If I'm talking about it, like, honestly, the mark of the day on that one is going to be in the second half of this bit when Q and Mer go. Hmm. That, that oh, guy. Oh, wow. Teaser. Yeah, that guy's going to be a strong contender for mark of the episode Ooh. when he airs. Uh, okay. The Italian guy. That's something to look forward to. Okay, good sneak, good sneak, sneak, Pete. Yeah, he does a good job. The Italian dude, I think Luca. Yeah, be on the lookout for Luca winning mark of the episode <laughs> in, a, in a couple of months. Um, all right, let's jump into this punishment. Shay, was this a punishment you were not on set for? I was not on set for this one because we were building the set for after party. Oh, but also it seems like nobody was. It was just Joe would just them. hit roll, right? That was yep. it. So yeah, this month, this is a weird one. This is like, this is the first time I think Joe's ever done like overnight, like multiple nights, like a long punishment. These are usually, so Q usually has to do these with the drive, drive, drive punishment and then the, the mime and he was at the zoo. So this is like kind of a long one that Joe has to navigate yeah. like multiple days. He's exhausted. Also, it was a lot of work for us, James. Yeah, it was. It was more of work than we thought. When we were pitching this with the guys, um, we had to find all those stories. We wrote up those stories for Joe to read. Yeah, we had to wow. find them every morning. It was real Australian news. It was like you saw it the February 9th through the whatever. I was also watching a lot of Australian Open at that time. I felt very, very keyed into what was going on down under during that week. Wait, so you guys were up at the same times that he was waking up? No. Oh, so we, no. in the morning, we would find the <laughs> stories and we would write them and send it. Although James, you did stay up for the first one. I stayed up for the first one. Uh, I, a few of the other comedy producers did too. It was really fun. We were in the chat kind of watching everybody in, in the... Uh... So, okay, for the Good Day Mates uh, punishment. There was a live website that the guys made and they tweeted it out. So fans could watch this punishment live so that they know it's real. They wanted people to know that this was actually happening. And so they tweeted out and we went to the link just like everybody else. And we watched the YouTube link and joined the chat and everyone being like, okay, what's going to happen? Cause actually the first night Joe didn't wake up right on time. He slept through his alarm at first. And we we're like, what the heck is going on? I, I, I was texting Pete Pete's like, I don't know. We can't get a hold of him. We're like, oh, this is going to be so bad if he sleeps through it. Uh, but eventually he got up and he, he made, I think it was like probably five. Gatto's also like never late. And he never sleeps. That's surprising. Yeah, it was like, we were really surprised by everything. Like we were just like, I can't believe like he, he's missing it or whatever. But yeah, and he, he made it and he went through and he was legit exhausted. It, like it was really fun like the comedy producers were all dying like we were just we could really see how tired he was and mm -hmm. then also we had to work with him the next morning on other bits so like it wasn't like we had nothing to do that whole week it, it was really fun but yeah we only did one night after that i was sleeping through for sure he looks exactly how he looks when he wakes up that's exactly how he looks how he is in everything when he wakes up. Yeah, it's funny that he, you know, cause he always kind of puts on a pot, like, you know, an exciting face mm -hmm. and it seems like he, uh, it's the real morning Joe. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's the real tired Joe. It's just like, usually like he doesn't show that to the audience and, in a, in a, you know, who would, who would want to show like their most exhausted self, which is, I think is why it's a fun pun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And this was at gooddaymates.net. If you want to check it out, the website has actually still since expired, but that's the website that we used. And it was great. Like what made the cut was a lot of like the funnier stuff that Joe did during it. Like the kind of like, num, num, num. 
when he's eating, but it, it was killing me when we were watching it live. Just the very, it was almost like a Marina Abramovich bit where you're just like watching somebody eat a meat pie, which is actually an <laughs> Amy's veggie pot pie because Joe's vegetarian. Uh, that's again, a little behind the scenes for you, but it was just like him straight up eating a pot pie, playing the didgeridoo, which we gave him some mm-hmm. lessons for uh, the day before. Cause we were like, you at least need to know how to play it. That's an instrument that you might not be able to get any sound out of if you don't know anything about it. So we, he actually had to do like didgeridoo lessons a little bit before the punishment. It's a super interesting one for sure. I'm very curious to see what the reaction is to it. Cause Joe, usually a Gatto punishment, it's like watching him bounce uh, into things as the genie or try to jump through tables and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, definitely a little bit of a different take. Yeah, this might be my favorite um, Joe pun. Wow. Yeah. This is, because it's hard to get Gatto. I know. It's really, it's hard to get him. This is, this is more, this is him. There's nothing you can do about it, Gatto. Like this is, this is, this might be my favorite Gatto pun. Such a good point. So Joe Mergio and myself, we like to make songs uh, for the show. And I I think we've played this in the past, but we're going to remind you again of it. Um, So for this punishment, instead of his usual wake up call, we made a song. Uh, we're going to just let you guys hear that again, because now that you know the context, this is what you'd be listening to. This is what Joe could have been listening to if, if his own alarm uh, was less annoying. <laughs> but that real one is the worst sound in the yeah, world. Terrible. But great to wake up. But uh, yeah, here it is. Take a listen. Get up to Take it to the land of Australia. Talking weather and traffic, let me tell you. Get up, Joe. Outback Steakhouse. Nicole Kidman. Yep, there it is. I love this song. It's one of my favorites. I really wish it was in The Punishment. It's so good. A great parody of uh, Men at Work's Land Down Under. Yeah, that's the name of the band of the song. Yeah, I love it. To me, this is one of my favorite. I wish it was in because I think it'd be up there with like Whose Phone Is Ringing with uh, the Grandpa Whoopsie theme, Mm. all the good songs that we have throughout Impractical Jokers. I, I love it. The MERS cremation jingle is another good one. So fun. Case, do we have like a, a soundtrack or to go with like the seasons and stuff? No, not exactly. I have, I put a bunch of songs up on Bandcamp. Um, if, so if you go to, um, let me see if I can find the, the website real quick. Yeah, if you go to, uh, it's actually under less vinyl, L-E-S-V-I-N-Y-L, lessvinyl.bandcamp.com slash album slash terribly dash catchy. Um, yeah. I think I have actually, I have a link to like my Bandcamp and the album is called, Ter- if you just search terribly catchy. So it's all the songs that I've done on the show. And I know Joe Ambergio also has like Drive, Drive, Drive and Grandpa Whoopsie and maybe another one on his Bandcamp. But yeah, I, I actually just updated it too. And I put a bunch of stuff on it, like um, the pet cremation jingles there and all the songs from the music challenge where they're like, you know, death, destruction, diarrhea, whose phone is ringing is on there. I'm a sensitive guy. Uh, Q's meditation song, toilet soldiers. I even have on there. Love toilet soldiers. So yeah, you can check that out. And there's also some other fun things like I did. So, so Sal has two podcasts, one taste buds and one, Hey babe. And I did those theme songs. So I threw that on there too. Oh, nice. Anytime I do a new song, I'll throw it on there. I love that. That's great. And speaking of music case, I actually found out the name Ooh. of the Brazilian pop star that we couldn't use her picture in the earlier bit. Ah. It was Kelly Key. So Kelly Key was the Brazilian pop star who uh, whose image we could not license or didn't want to get into any murky legal trouble with. So we had to we had to swap it out. Like and Shay, you were talking about it too. This punishment really gets Gato. I know that's why the guys were so excited about it when they came up with it. They're like, this is not one he can wiggle out of. There is nothing you can do. This is more, 
I, I, I'll say this. I'm happy it's your favorite one. I'd say this is one that's almost more punishing in real life than it is like on TV. And that's what I think, you know, we always try to make a mix of it, but like, I think sometimes the guys are like, Joe gets off light. They're like he always gets to be like, he doesn't, like, cause you can't get him. Right. You just can never get him. It's hard. Yeah. And so, cause he always, he makes the best of it. Uh, and they're like, this is one thing you can't make the best of. It sucks to get up at two 30 in the morning and do this nonsense. And like he said, he couldn't go back to sleep after he ate all this stuff. So yeah. And knowing from working with him the next couple of days, yeah, he wasn't, it was punishing. Let's just put it at that. And poor Bessie, man. Yeah. And she had to wake up to that every morning too. Oh yeah. That's tough. And all the 15, the 16, 17 dogs he's got. <laughs> yeah. It's uh pretty wild. And I love that line from Murr when he's, Joe's playing the didgeridoo. He's like, Joe, would people ask you how you pay your mortgage? Show them this video. <laughs> like, it's just so good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's a good line. Um, yeah, this was this was definitely like a fun one, a weird one. Yeah, I also like when he did. We do. Did you say like when he when he blew on the meat pie with the didgeridoo? Oh no, yeah, I love that. That's that. I didn't say, it, but that is the thing he did right after Murray said. When people ask you how you pay yeah. the mortgage, show them this. Yeah, that that is so funny. That just the fact that even even when he's exhausted, Joe can find a moment to be funny, or when he goes yum yum. Right. I love it. A fun, here's a funny question. That's a kind of a, a joke I saw, which was, you know how our our show always starts with warning, you know, the following program contains scenes of graphic stupidity. Right. I think someone said like, do you think anyone's ever like turned off the TV <laughs> because of the warning? It's so <laughs> funny to like, it's a fake warning, but like we've done it for every season. It's funny to be like, like, has anyone ever been like, oh, you know what? Like, oh, I, I better not. I, I'm not ready for <laughs> scenes of graphic stupidity before lifelong friends. Right. It's a good question. Has anyone ever done that? That I don't know. It's funny. Um, okay, here's a fun question. This is sort of like a, a comment, which is mm -hmm. my anxiety level always goes up a notch when I see blurred faces. And they wrote, is it just me? It seems like they, they get so mad and they want nothing to do with the release form. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's like an interesting point because I always, I, I kind of like once in a while, like seeing a blur because it's, it adds to the authenticity of the show. And I think it like, it gets, it gets me excited too, because I'm like, oh, wow, this is going to be, this could be like crazy. So it's, it's an interesting little thing. That's a little different from episode to episode. So I like, I, I personally like seeing, I like the anxiety that comes along with that. I mean, if you feel it, then yeah, you definitely are like, but I kind of chase that. That's one of the things I like about the show. Yeah. I found a question. Um, I got a, Hey Shay, I have a question for the podcast. Y'all say you taped one bit before the pandemic and one during the pandemic in one episode. So how do y'all put together the punishments? Are the number of times each Joker is punished predetermined and y'all just make it make it work? Basically, how do you know which jerk, which Joker is going to be punished that episode? Love the show. So that's, yeah, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I think that specific question is about like, it, well, to, to answer it basically is like, well, I think we've said this before, in the beginning of a season, we know that the guys are going to get punished at some point. Right. So sometimes we'll just try to bank and get a bunch of punishments because we, we have good ideas for them. And we, you know, maybe we don't know exactly what else we're going to film, but we know eventually they're going to get punished. And it doesn't really, it's not, it's not often that a challenge turns into 
into a punishment. It's happened a couple of times. Right. That's not usually how we do it. So it, it doesn't hundred percent matter. And then we always use an authentic loss. Like if Murr right. or if Sal or whoever doesn't say something, that's a thumbs down. And we know we put that, that's in the bit. And we know that Sal lost that challenge. And then like, oh, okay. The next challenge we did was this. Okay. Oh, and Sal lost that again. Sal's a loser. We already had the punishment. Boom. That's how we right. put together an episode. So that, that might be one way to do it. But yeah, I think because we have, like we've talked about, like we have a production schedule and we need to film st- as much stuff as we can in a, in, you know, in a good amount of time. So if we have a great idea for a punishment and we know that this day works on the schedule, we have to work with a location. We have to work with like, especially nowadays in the quarantine version of the show, like we're, we're hiring people to go to these things on a certain day. We yeah. need to know exactly what we're doing. So yeah, sometimes like a punishment might take precedent, especially early on. Yeah. We never have a predetermined idea of like who's going to lose and like when or how many, but we know that like from the history of the show, we know that like they're all going to lose at some point. So let's start getting right. some punishments. And it just the math always kind of works out. Exactly. Yeah. It always seems, I think people always think of it. It's like, okay, they agreed that they were going to do refer madness and then a memoir. And then whoever loses that gets to be punished. And it's not, nah, that's not really the case. It's a little bit more fluid than that, where it's like, we take the real losses and we combine them to work into who gets punished for that day. So it's like, if you lose more, you do get punished more is the reality of things. Mm-hmm. And so we really have to make good on that at the end of the season. But for the most part, for like the first 15, 18 episodes ish, we're not really concerned about it because we know everything's going to kind of fall into place a little bit. Sweet. Good question. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So here's another question. Mm-hmm. What would happen if none of the guys lose an episode? We've talked about this a lot. You guys have talked about it a lot. It's an interesting thought. Do they all, do, do, do they all technically win or do they all technically still lose? It's a good question. And I don't think we know how to answer that yet. <laughs> I know the networks had ideas. I know the guys have had ideas. And if that ever happens, yeah, we'll see what they end up doing. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. And uh, I think the guys deep down are prepared for it. Like, I think that they have like a few ideas in mind, which we obviously would never spoil, even if we did know exactly what they're going to do. Like, I know a few things that they've mentioned, like Gatto has pulled me to the side. I'm sure right. you too, James. And, yeah. and like, oh, we could do this. But I also like the idea of like it coming from an external source, like a Pete McParland or us, or like a Simi, something like that, where they know that no one lost. And so they plan something so that, you know, that could happen too. So that, yeah. Those are some of the ideas. That's a great question, though. It's a really good one. It'd be, be something. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a tough one. Like, do you, because you want to, you have to have something. I wouldn't want to just see another challenge. I need to see something in that punishment spot, you know? Yeah. It's got to be something. They can't just be having fun. I, I don't want to like guess too much on the podcast because I feel like I should be pitching that to the guys <laughs> in the room. But yeah, there's definitely, it's an interesting thought for sure. And I, I could see it happening someday, especially now they seem so, they've been doing this for nine years. Like they're just so good at everything uh, on the show. They can kind of get out of everything. They're less afraid to do things in public. So I could definitely see a time where they all all win, I guess, or no losers, no thumbs down. It's an exciting idea. We'll see what happens. For sure. Maybe it's something like where maybe they punish the staff. Maybe they punish the crew. <laughs> I mean, we, that happens every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, on that note, folks, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's always nice to, to sit here and talk at you and tell you about the show that we work on. Yeah. I'm glad that you know you listened. Uh, if you have anything to say, please reach out to us uh, at Casey Jost, at Mick James McCarthy, at Shay Star Child. And uh, hashtag Jokers Podcast. And if you have any questions, we'd love to answer them. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all soon. Talk at you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. This is the Joker Podcast.